is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri country, and this is The Full Story. For many, the New Zealand wilderness is known by another name, Middle Earth. A wizard is never late, Frodo Baggins. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. The original Lord of the Rings trilogy, directed by Peter Jackson, was filmed entirely across New Zealand's North and South Islands. And when it was released between 2001 and 2003, it helped the rest of the world discover the country's natural beauty. I was still back in school when the first one was released and we all got the afternoon off to go and see the red carpet. The Guardian's Aotearoa New Zealand correspondent Tess McClure remembers how exciting this time was for Kiwis. It was a huge moment back then to see these big blockbusters come to New Zealand. Uh, And it's still this kind of mammoth cultural force in the country. Tourists have travelled from all over the world to see the fields and mountains that form the backdrop to The Hobbit's epic journey to Mordor. The association with the movies has really helped form that bedrock of the last decade of New Zealand tourism campaigns overseas, uh, and successive governments have credited it with putting New Zealand on the international map in that sense, and particularly the country's pristine natural environments really showcasing them to the world. And now, The Lord of the Rings has a new big-budget TV prequel, Rings of Power, which was also recently filmed in New Zealand. And so far, it's been watched by 100 million people on Amazon. But the franchise that's become synonymous with New Zealand's beautiful forests and mountains may itself be doing harm to the environment. Workers involved in the production of the TV show are raising serious concerns about waste and emissions, which is shared across the multi-billion dollar TV and film industry. Today, the plastic sets of the Rings of Power. It's Monday, the 21st of November. Tess, the Lord of the Rings franchise has been really important in promoting New Zealand's reputation as a place of really natural beauty for many years now. So this relationship was probably something that the New Zealand government wanted to maintain when the latest instalment of the Lord of the Rings franchise, Rings of Power, was announced by Amazon. Mm, Yeah, the New Zealand government have fought really hard to convince Amazon to shoot here, Uh, was meeting with executives to negotiate. They eventually drew up a special contract uh, and looked at boosting subsidies by 5% if it did remain in country for the entirety of the show. And it is the most thought to be the most expensive television show of all time. So the budget estimates really range from $500 million to around a billion dollars. So the industries associated with this glamour and also this enormous cash flow. But what I discovered is that there are also very serious concerns about that enormous environmental impact, including emissions and waste. 
And that's something that plagues other major film productions in New Zealand too, to be clear. It's not something that's exclusive to Rings of Power, but because that production was operating at such an enormous scale and expense, it's also one of the largest scale and most expensive examples we have of these problems. And what made you start looking into this story in the first place? Uh, It started, as many stories do, with someone coming forward to speak to me who had worked on the show and on other productions and was really concerned about the emissions and waste that were created in the process. I went on over the course of the next couple of months to speak to a number of other people who had worked on that production in total... Uh, It was four people who worked on Rings of Power that eventually agreed to be interviewed, uh, and a few more who had worked on other major productions and were familiar with those processes. Mm. I spoke to all of them in the end on the condition that they would remain anonymous. Every single person was really worried that speaking out could jeopardise their future employment on other productions. And as the investigation went on, I also saw leaked internal communications from on-set, from on-production, around sustainability issues on the show, was able to review on-set photographs of some of those processes in an attempt to try and really understand the environmental impacts that the film production was having. What did these documents and these interviews reveal about the impact that the TV show has had on the environment? Yeah, I think one way to understand what's happening is to try and compare what you're seeing on screen versus the reality on the set. So if you think of some of the famous scenes in the show, there's these beautiful clearings of trees with these golden leaves. They look like these incredible beach forests, native forests that we have all across New Zealand. There's leaves shed everywhere across the soil. Um, It's this beautiful kind of dappled environment. And when we see an environment like that, we imagine it's part of that gorgeous native forest. But actually, those trees are each carved of polystyrene, The leaves are plastic, the soil's this mess of plastic and jumbled up bark chips and other fragments of material. So all of these scenes that depict the natural environment aren't actually real and they're not even made with special effects. They're actually made out of plastic. So what happens to all of these major props after the filming finishes up? Some things are filmed on location and are done with special effects, but uh, a number are created by very skilled set makers on Mm. sets out of plastic and other materials. Um, And it is incredibly difficult to recycle a set like that unless you design it from the outset to be dismantled. Otherwise, if you think of those layers of polystyrene, of plaster, glue, it's all stuck together. It's very hard to break apart. And some of them you could store and reuse, especially for a long-running show. But when you think about the scale of these sets on not just Rings of Power but other big films as well, it's very hard to store those kinds of materials long-term. And among some of the large productions, there's also a strong drive to protect the intellectual property associated with sets and props. Uh, And that can make productions reluctant to risk them getting out in the world. 
So in terms of what happens to them, one person I spoke to, uh, we'll call them Andy, said on the rings of power, these massive ice walls and rock wall set pieces, they got smashed into a million pieces. Uh, If you went and sat outside one of these big productions and saw how many skip bins are going out every day, it's truckloads and truckloads and truckloads of polystyrene and timber and all the rest of it mixed up in plastic and really just thrown into a hole in the ground. And so is there any way to quantify all of these truckloads, just exactly how much waste from these TV sets has ended up in landfill? Yeah, it's hard to quantify, and some of those sets were shipped off for reuse in the UK. But we did, on the set of Rings of Power, there was a sustainability team who was making an effort to start to quantify how much of that waste was going to landfill. Information from one vendor is that they collected around 11,400 cubic metres of landfill waste Mm. that season so far of Rings of Power. So that's four and a half Olympic-sized swimming pools. Um, That's just one vendor. So there was another who collected 30.5 cubic metres of soft plastic, 1,800 cubic metres of landfill waste, another that collected 355 tonnes of landfill waste. So that's the weight of about 25 London double-decker buses. Mm. And that doesn't really cover it. Our leaked communications that I saw the sustainability team notes in their figures that it won't capture the total because they're using multiple vendors and because they say they have still a lot to count Those estimates were also only calculated up until July 2021, which is when filming wrapped. So the final figures would likely be a bit higher with wrap and post-production work continuing until the start of 2022. That sounds like a a lot of waste, but I expect that a number of major TV shows and major film productions would produce a lot of waste like this. Are you able to compare this level of waste with the amount that we would expect to be gained from a film of this size or a TV production of this size? Yeah, it's really hard to get comparison, particularly in New Zealand, because there aren't structures in place that demand that productions report their waste. While it's hard to quantify exactly what went to landfill, one thing that we can quantify better is estimates on emissions. The British Film Commission has created estimates for average tentpole or block, that's a blockbuster film, on emissions. So they would generate around almost 3,000 tonnes of CO2 during production. So by July 2021, the first season of Rings of Power had generated roughly 14,300 tonnes of carbon dioxide. So that's many times that. Um, To be fair, one season of Rings of Power is equivalent to around three to four films, but even on that measure, the emissions would be higher than the average. You also mentioned a sustainability team, Tess. Who's in this team and, and what are they responsible for on set? Yeah, so in the case of Rings of Power, there was a sustainability team. They were only fully appointed about a year into the production process in January 2021. It's become increasingly common in the industry to have at least some kind of team or person on set that's looking at sustainability processes. 
Amazon said that there were sustainability protocols in the place from the beginning of production, but because that team was fully appointed late in the piece, the picture that you get from their communications is that the team was really struggling to get to grips with even the size of the problem. They say that the environmental impact of the industry of the show is enormous in one memo. Uh, They describe their own work as largely diagnostic, quote, on that season. So their hope was to get to grips with the size of problems on set so they could implement changes down the track. So the sustainability team came onto the project late, Were they able to make any big changes to the production to make it more environmentally sustainable? Yeah, that's typically the intention of sustainability teams. So in the case of the Rings of Power team, that sustainability team did have some wins. For example, they installed bins in the offices for recycling office paper waste. Uh, They installed some electric vehicle charging stations at the studios, Uh, introduced reusable water bottles. They encouraged crew to eat vegetarian one day a week. And they did work with local disposal companies as well to compost and to recycle waste. They recorded recycling 3,400 cubic metres of waste. Um, But what I was hearing over and over again from workers in New Zealand, as well as overseas experts that work in this space, is that sustainability teams often lack the authority to change practices, especially if they're not integrated from the outset. At worst, one of the people I spoke to said they can become exercises in greenwashing uh, without real power to implement large-scale change. Mm. And your average crew member has even less authority to raise concerns, partly because of the temporary and the tenuous nature of their work. Right, because I guess if you speak up, you could be seen as a troublemaker or difficult and potentially jeopardise your next gig. Mm, Yeah, so some of the people I spoke to did claim that they had raised suggestions for how to decrease waste or emissions on set, but really felt that that was falling on deaf ears or appeared to be seen as a hindrance to hitting deadlines. Film sets are these incredibly high-pressure environments. The real drive is to get the project done on time and on budget. So others said they were afraid to raise concerns at all, fearing possible dismissal or blacklisting within the sector. And in New Zealand as well, we have what's known as the Hobbit Law, which was lobbied for by Peter Jackson and a number of Lord of the Rings production members back in 2010. That change to employment law means that even if you're a full-time film production worker, you're treated as an independent contractor. So you can't bring a grievance case for unfair dismissal. If you do get cut from a production, you really have no recourse. So a number of barriers there to members of the production crew and the sustainability team itself raising concerns about the environmental impact of the ongoing production. What about the streaming service that funds the production of the show itself, Amazon? What did it say about the environmental concerns that were raised about the Rings of Power? We did take all of these specifics to Amazon and a spokesperson for Amazon declined to respond on the record to individual questions about those specifics of the production's final carbon footprint, its waste footprint, its disposal of sets, its water use or its waste disposal practices. 
they did give us a written statement. And in that they said sustainability practices in New Zealand for the first season of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, either met or exceeded industry standards even during the height of the pandemic. Uh, and that the production made every effort to be a good corporate citizen and was compliant with New Zealand environmental laws and regulations. Mm. Uh, they talk about their sustainability staff, say that that enabled the production to achieve a carbon footprint that was lower than industry benchmarks, but they wouldn't go on the record with what that final carbon footprint was or what industry benchmarks they were measuring it against. And they also said some of the things that we know from the sustainability team documents too, that the company had worked with local vendors who helped to donate water to the local fire department, uh, plastics for fencing and divert production materials for reuse and recycle. Next, how much does the international film industry really care about its own carbon footprint? So Tess, this is just one TV show in one country. How seriously does the TV and film industry take the impact that its productions have on the environment more generally? Yeah, these issues have certainly been haunting the international industry for quite some time. There's calls within the industry for it to do better. The Producers Guild has called on the industry to face up to its massive carbon footprint. Um, and it's said that the sustainability measures that they currently have are sporadic or completely inadequate. So the types of concerns raised about rings of power aren't uncommon. I spoke to environmental consultancies based in America and in Canada that work with many international, major international productions um, who were talking about the same issues, the construction of massive sets and then the tearing down, the breaking down of them often straight to dumpster. But I think the environmental impact of film productions like Rings of Power were particularly sore points for some crew members given that enormous investment by the New Zealand government in the show. One crew member said to me that it's hundreds of millions of dollars, which it is, in hard-earned tax money, which goes to these huge production entities. Um, and then the cost of that, both the financial cost and the environmental cost, they saw as being borne by New Zealanders, by the cost to the taxpayer and the cost to the environment. Mm. Well, tell me more about that, Tess. How much does the New Zealand government provide to film productions like this? New Zealand really has some of the most generous film subsidies in the world. So they underwrite up to 25 cents of each dollar spent in country by big productions. Uh, and in the case of Rings of Power, if we take some of those in-country estimates, currently sitting at around a budget of 650 million, New Zealanders would pay around 130 million of that. Mm, I'd expect that the huge incentive for this kind of investment in New Zealand would be things like tourism and employment and the things that these films are supposed to bring back into the New Zealand economy, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's certainly the argument that the government has made, that uh, the money that they spend on subsidies also increases investment in the country, in the industry and in the tourism sector, and that it's important to New Zealand's international profile to have these kinds of big productions coming through. Mm. And I don't think workers either would argue with those points. I think there's certainly a lot of happiness that ambitious um, and high-profile productions are being filmed in New Zealand. The questions really are around whether we should also be asking more of them in terms of regulation and what they're leaving behind. What are other countries doing to improve the environmental practices of their film productions? So there's a whole range of initiatives going on. Um, In Canada, Vancouver has introduced a 50% discount on filming permits if productions reduce their use of diesel generators, which are a huge source of emissions on film sets. In the UK, they've had the Albert Sustainable Production Certification for more than a decade now. So a number of major studios, if you're producing for the BBC or for Netflix or Channel 4 or a number of others in the UK, you have to calculate and report your carbon footprint. Amazon has made its own climate pledge, but they're not listed among Albert's affiliates. Uh, And there's nothing similar to that certification in effect in New Zealand. What are people telling you should happen in New Zealand? What kind of models should New Zealand adopt? Yeah, some, so some of those, um, whether we could consider tying some of those really significant subsidies to practices around sustainability and environmental protection has been floated. Workers and international experts also say that those dedicated sustainability teams really should be embedded from the outset of production if they're going to be effective. So that's something we could consider requiring. Mm. And there's, yeah, there's a suggestion that if film studios are getting these huge rebates to spend in these territories, maybe there could be incentives that are linked to sustainability efforts. Uh, And I guess that's one of the things I found interesting while investigating this is that the concerns raised about Amazon's production aren't linked to broken laws or rules. Mm. It's more that there really isn't specific environmental regulation around film production in New Zealand. Well, is there any indication that the New Zealand government is interested in doing that, in improving its environmental standards and regulations and laws around film sets, given how much it does spend on the film industry? Yeah, so back in October, I did approach the Arts, Culture and Heritage Minister, Carmel Cipolloni, uh, to ask about these concerns. At that time, she said she hadn't received any briefings to tell her that New Zealand was behind or ahead of other countries around the world and said that it was something that the sector needed to be mindful of. New Zealand's actually in the process right now of reviewing its film incentives and subsidies, so uh, those hundreds of millions that are allocated every year. Uh, And Cipolloni said that she expected some people would want to provide feedback around environmental impacts while they did that consultation. But when that consultation document came out to the public uh, in late October, it really made no mention of these issues of climate change, of waste disposal, of emissions, or of incentives for sustainable productions or penalties for environmental damage if it's done. So that certainly seems to give the impression that it's not something that the government was actively seeking. 
Well, the first season of Rings of Power has now aired and there's expectations that it'll be renewed for another season. How could things change for the production of this new season? Well, yeah, as as this season wrapped, the sustainability team did talk about how they had done this diagnostic work. Um, they talk in memos about identifying the issues and figuring out what's going on so that they can do things differently moving forward uh, and do things right from the outset as the next season was filmed. And it is possible that they'll pass on what they learned in that process, but those changes, if they do come about, they won't come about in New Zealand. So Lord of the Rings has now left the country. Amazon's decided to film the next season in the UK instead. So any hopes of implementing all those changes in a New Zealand context won't come about. I guess the fact that big TV and movie productions move around the world like this all the time would make it even harder to impose and enforce environmental standards and rules on these industries. Yeah, it's certainly a challenge, especially with so many countries competing to get major productions to film in their countries to try and attract them with generous subsidies. Um, I think there's potentially some political nervousness around um, putting demands on them. And I think the other side of that as well is that there is a drive within the film production industry itself to try and address these issues from crew members, certainly, but also from some of the Sustainability Production Alliance. These are not people who are just disgruntled or who are here to hate on film productions. They're experienced people who love the industry, uh, who love New Zealand, who want it to be better and want a conversation about the way forward. There's a quote from one of those sources who have called Andy that stands out to me. They say, I'm speaking out because I like film. I like working in film. I want to continue in the industry, but not the way it is currently, because it's appalling what's happening and most people don't know about it. Uh, If they knew how destructive the whole business is, they'd think twice. New Zealand's Arts, Culture and Heritage Minister Carmel Cepoloni declined to be interviewed on specific concerns raised about the Rings of Power series. Stuart Nash, New Zealand's Economic Development Minister, said he could not comment on the amount of environmental waste created by any individual production and that the government expected those who received screen production grants to follow the laws of New Zealand. The movie clip you heard at the beginning of today's show is from Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, which was directed by Peter Jackson and produced by New Line Cinema and Wingnut Films. This episode was produced by Ellen Leebeater, Emily Watterson and myself. Sound design and mixing by Joe Koning. Full Story's executive producers are Gabrielle Jackson, Molly Glassie and Laura Murphy-Oates. I'm Jane Lee. See you tomorrow. <laughs>